0: Hey, what's up, everybody? Today's episode is with Zach Cram, who invests in my local market. We talk about some wholesaling and creative financing because he's got some pretty cool creative financing stories. Definitely stay tuned. If this is your first time joining us, thanks for coming to the community. If not, welcome back. Either way, go to www.frommilitarytomillionaire.com slash podcast to check out the show notes. Be sure to rate the show and relax and enjoy it. You're listening to the Military Millionaire Podcast, a show about real estate investing for the working class. Stay tuned as we explore ways to help you improve
1: your finances, build wealth through real estate, and become a person that is worth knowing.
0: Hang on tight. We got a word from our sponsor. Guys, on this podcast, we talk a lot about the roadblock to success for military members in getting started in real estate investing. For many of us, the barriers of time, location, and not having the right knowledge keep us from building wealth while serving our country. Well, let me tell you about Storehouse 310 Ventures. They get it. Storehouse 310 Ventures is owned by two active duty naval officers that love to make investing fun, lucrative, and have a passion for education, theirs and yours alike. They offer full turnkey rental properties in a market where the numbers make sense, Milwaukee, Wisconsin yes milwaukee home to the almost 2018 division titled milwaukee brewers the well-known miller brewing company and a lot of delicious cheese storehouse 3 properties are fully renovated leased and have property management in place Through their rigorous analysis and selection process, they do everything possible to ensure each rental property meets their high standards and offers fantastic returns. Storehouse 310s allows you to invest with confidence while you are living out of state. They have a network of lenders, insurance companies, contractors, a title company, and much more to serve you all along the way. There is absolutely no reason not to get started when you have the right teams and system in place. David and Stu, the owners of Storehouse 310, have been investing themselves for over 15 years. They are on a mission to help as many active duty reserves and military veterans create financial freedom through the power of real estate investing. They are honest, transparent, and they prioritize service and giving. They have even committed to give the first 10% of their profits to partner nonprofit organizations that support veteran causes. For more information about their program, send an email to podcast at storehouse310turnkey.com. Again, that is podcast at storehouse310turnkey.com. Tell David and Stu you heard about them through the Military Millionaire Podcast, and they will get you going down the right path hey what 's up everybody i'm here with Zach Cram, who's been in the National Guard for about seven years, so Zach and I know each other through a couple of different ways, but mainly because he's searchable online in my market and I ended up on his buyer's list for properties and a couple other different we've had some conversations about this that and the other and I decided that I know he's doing a lot in my market, so I should have him on the podcast so Zach welcome uh, tell us a little bit about yourself
1: hey, thanks for having me so i um I've been in real estate for for a while. I got a start back in 2000. Uh, my mom was a real estate broker, and she, uh, well, I quit high school, and basically, I was sitting on the couch being a bum. And she decided that she was tired of me sitting on the couch, so she bought me the real estate course, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I, I took it uh, because I didn't want her to waste her money. And I figured, well, I'm not doing anything else, I might as well uh, might as well sell some real estate, and I figured. You know I, she she was a broker. I kind of grew up in that business, and I figured, well, I'll just do what she does. It'll be easy. And I found out real quick that nobody wanted to um, list their house with an eighteen year old. So out of necessity, I kind of moved into investment properties, the properties that nobody else wanted to deal with. Uh, so what I did was i started started uh, locating properties for real estate investors. and this is this is in Atlanta in two thousand uh, when the market was really good. Um, I I worked as a buyer's agent mostly. Um, Market was really hot. We sold a bunch of properties to wholesalers. I learned real quick that they were making a lot more money than I was. Uh, So I started partnering with some guys. Uh, One of the guys loaned me some money out of his IRA, turned me on to another guy who had some money in his IRA, started doing some fix and flip stuff. Uh, Worked real great, it worked great until 2000, I think it was 2005 when FHA changed the seasoning laws and required the seller to own the property for 12 months before uh, they would loan on it. And being that I was using six and nine month loans pretty well put me out of business. Mm. So I uh, got out of real estate for some years, went and worked in the family business, did some other stuff, kind of did a few real estate deals here and there on the side um, just whenever I could over, over the years. Um, 2008 hit um, the family business didn't do so hot in 2008. So I uh, decided to, to go back to school moved to, um, the Springfield area, started going to school, joined the military, uh, partly for the education benefits, but also cause it's something I always wanted to do. Um, 2000 and I think it was 15 or 16, um, told my wife, you know, Hey, we're gonna, we're gonna start buying some real estate. I made a bunch of money a long time ago. I know how to do it. Let's do it again. Um, at the time we were broke living in a little, not so nice apartment in Springfield and, I think she thought I was crazy because we couldn't afford to even buy herself a house, much less to buy investment real estate. But I don't know. Somehow we managed to do it. Um, since then, she, she left her job um, a while back and went full-time into real estate. And um, over the course of years, I graduated from school and got a pretty good job. And um, after she went full-time, things really took off. And I was able to quit my job and, and go full-time uh, at the end of last year. And uh right now we're just rocking and rolling we've done um as of uh, yesterday we did thirty three since January first so we've been blessed. we've just been uh doing everything we can to make it work
0: that's awesome so what is your main strategy in the I know you I know you obviously your wholesale stuff because uh, i I see it and I look at buying it <laughs> um, but what is is that your main strategy, or what do you prefer to do
1: um So I, yeah, I like wholesales. I I really do. I enjoy it. Um, I'm not a big fan of rehabs. Now with that said, I've got, um, three of them going on right now and I'm about to start three more. Uh, we do, we do rehabs because sometimes, um, we're not able to wholesale properties for whatever reason and we end up, you know, we end up buying it and keeping it for ourselves or the deal just doesn't make sense as a wholesale. So, but it does make sense as a rehab. Um, so, you know, we rehab properties, we wholesale properties as well. I'd say probably, I don't know, 60% of what we do is wholesale. Um, maybe uh, out, out of what's left that other 40%, maybe 20% is rehabs and 20% is buy and hold stuff. So we, we really do a little bit of everything. Um, I think the ultimate goal is really to move more into the buy and hold stuff. But uh, we've got a, a pretty big marketing machine that is very expensive. So we gotta, we got to keep the wholesales and the rehabs going to keep the cash flow going to keep the leads coming in
0: awesome yeah i see uh i see your websites all over the place you've got like what seven of them now six we've got a ton <laughs> Yeah, got six it. or
1: seven yeah, yeah plus some one. landing pages and- which is i mean it
0: works it obviously works which is awesome that's uh, that's huge i need to get a little bit better at the online lead generation it's the way of the future
1: we're all over the place um with our marketing i mean we do we do everything uh, that we can and, and we keep trying new stuff and figuring out what works and what doesn't and trying to um, really hone in on on what works and do away with what doesn't. The problem is um, even the stuff that doesn't work so well, it'll produce leads here and there. So I just kind of keep doing what we're doing and, and try to find leads every which way. Yep,
0: absolutely. Okay. So, Kind of wanted to touch. We talked about it before we started recording uh, on creative financing a little bit because I know you know that's I've I've used that a little bit and I know you're good at it. In fact, I want to say that one of the conversations we had at one point was me talking to you about financing um, because you kind of run uh, hard money on the side, right? Or
1: we do, yeah. Yeah, okay. So I do. Yeah, I do. (laughs) That's correct. So we do some hard money brokering as well. I don't do honestly I don't do a whole lot of it it's It's a very small part of our business it's something that we're really wanting to grow. Um, talking to a couple of people right now that we're looking at um, taking on uh, as partners to really focus on the hard money brokering stuff um, that's kind of grown out of necessity and and what I mean by that is you know we've been really successful at, at locating private money and putting together creative uh creative financing deals um, but a lot of times with our wholesale stuff, we have people that you know would like to buy our properties, but maybe don't have access to capital as freely. So um, I think the natural progression is that we've kind of said, well, you know, how can we how can we put a deal together where uh, they can finance it, we can make a little bit of money off the financing, and then we can also wholesale on the property as well. So it's 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 kind of grown that way, um, and that is going to be one of our next big pushes is really focusing on the hard money brokering side. Um, but as of you know, as of right now, we're doing a lot of um, a lot of stuff with private lenders. Uh, so we've been really fortunate to um, be able to raise a lot of capital. You know, when we first started in the business a few years ago, uh, I, I did what everybody does. I went to my my friends and family, Circle of Influence, and said, you know, I need money because I want to buy real estate and there's all these great deals out there. And most of them said, yeah, that sounds great. We're not interested. Um, <laughs> so we, uh, I got I, I've been pretty involved in the local real estate investor group and we met some private lenders there. Um, actually had a guy that we've done multiple deals with that contacted me off Craigslist. Uh, we've done some stuff with some people that I met on Facebook who've provided money out of their IRA. Um, so, you know, we try to, we, we try to raise capital wherever we can. One of the things that we've done that's, that's been, um, that's worked really well for us and we've done, we're on our fourth deal right now like this. Uh, so I've got a buddy that I knew from an old job that wanted to get started in real estate. Uh, didn't know a whole lot about it, but has great credit. A um, little bit of savings, but but has really good credit and um, had a good relationship with a local bank. So um, what we've done is I've used a private lender to purchase the property. So we'll, we'll we'll buy the property. We'll make an offer and say, you know, hey, we can close immediately within seven days or whatever. We'll buy the property with private money. Uh, he'll go to the bank and then, uh, Get uh, get a conventional loan with money for repairs, refi out, pay the private lender off, and then um, and then we run the rehab and and kind of split the deal from there. So we're using his credit, private lender's money, and uh, my my knowledge of the market and lead generation to kind of put the deal together, and make everybody happy.
0: That's pretty cool. Yeah. Would you say that's one of your um, more creative methods, or are there any other fun ones you've messed
1: with? That was a good one. So I'll give you another deal. We actually just did this deal. I believe it was uh, two weeks ago. So we had a, we had a um, family contact us about a property a rural property that was pretty far from where we're at. And uh, they said, you know, grandma's going into a nursing home and um, she owes $3,500 in bills and we need to sell her house. Her house is paid for. We don't, we don't want a bunch of cash from the house because it'll affect her ability to get care. Uh, so we just want the $3,500 bucks. Uh, so you know, the house didn't need a whole lot of work. It needed a lot of landscaping and cleaning, but I've got a, another buddy of mine who we've been talking to about real estate. He's actually a real estate agent, wants to get into some um, uh, buy and hold stuff, some rental properties. Didn't have a whole lot of cash and kind of had some uh, credit issues in the past, so couldn't get conventional financing. Uh, so what we did was I, I agreed to purchase the house for $3,500. I sent it out um, as a wholesale deal initially. Um, had a little bit of interest, but got to talk to my buddy about it. And I said, look, this property, you know, it's cheap. It doesn't need a lot of work. It'll cash flow Well, you should be able to get in there, clean it up for a thousand, two thousand bucks and, you know, rent it out for four, four Um, I'll sell it to you for 10 grand. Um, and what I'll do is I'll do $2,000 down and then, um, $8,000, the, the $8,000 balance at, um, I don't remember what the interest rate was high over 20 years. So his payments came out to 88 bucks a month. Um, so he needed 2000 to make the deal happen. I needed another 2000 to cover the other 1500 bucks plus the $500 or so in closing costs. I got another buddy of mine who, um, I know from the national guard that wanted to get him involved in real estate investing. And I went to him and I said, look, I've got a deal for you. Um, if you want to loan me $2,000, I will pay you. Um, I think I offered him 18% interest for two years. It came out to about 50 bucks a month that I'm going to pay him. So he, he sent. He wired $2,000 to, um, to the title company. Uh, my other buddy brought $2,000 as a down payment. So I created two notes. One note from me to my buddy that loaned me two grand. I pay him 50 bucks a month for five years. Um, and then the other note uh, that I created where the guy that's buying the house is paying me 88 bucks a month for 20 years. So everybody won. Um, I was able to buy the house with no money. I created two notes, one going in, one going out. 20 years worth of positive cash flow. My buddy got a um, a nice rental house f- for two grand down that he can rent for 400 bucks a month. My other buddy is now a real estate uh, investor. He's a lender um, and he was able to do it with $2,000. The family got what they wanted for the house and were able to walk away. So that yeah. that one was pretty creative, I thought.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. I like, I like that. And You know, a lot of people don't. So when people think creative financing, they think seller financing, hard money, private money, you know, but a lot of times people don't realize that legitimately as long as you're not, you know, getting gifted money that's larger than the IRS will allow you to get gifted, or doing something really shady, there's basically no limit to what you can do. As long as everybody's on board with it, you can do anything you want to finance a property. Which is cool because you know, where I'm stationed right now in Hawaii, uh that doesn't happen because nobody can afford to play the like, yeah, we'll, we'll give you $600,000 cash and then you pay us $40,000 a month for the next, you know, um, no, but, <laughs> but that's really cool to hear that you're doing that out there where, I mean, you legitimately didn't pay a penny for a property and you're making what $33 a month for the next five years and then $88 a month for the 15 years after that.
1: that exactly. Yeah. That, that was a, that was a fun deal all the way around cause everybody, everybody really won in that deal. Um, and I think, I think that's why we've been so successful, you know, cause we don't just focus on, on one method, not, you know, it's not always just wholesales or just rehabs or, you know, conventional loans to buy rental properties. I mean, we do whatever we can do to put a deal together. That's a win-win for everybody. I mean, we'll, we'll figure out a, a way to make it work if there's money to be made there.
0: Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I'm still, I, I know I've seen a couple of your properties and my wife has had to be like, no, No, you're saving capital, (laughs) go away. Um, So it's only a matter of time.
1: So another really cool deal that we did, actually it was our first one, um, our first rental property when we opened up this company back in 2016, Uh, when I was broke and had no money, I um, found a property on Craigslist that some people, uh, they posted the property for sale and uh, they were offering owner financing. So I, I called them and the deal was that they were landlords that had owned a bunch of properties, um, sold off. Most of them had this one that they did all the repairs on the inside. The only thing left to do was paint on the outside and they were just done, just didn't want to be landlords anymore. So I, uh, they were asking 60 grand for it. It was probably worth, uh, 75 to 80 after some paint. So I needed, we went kind of back and forth on the owner financing, but basically they wanted uh, $5,000 down and, um, they wanted it financed over 10 years. It's, I think, 6%. At those numbers, I couldn't cash flow. So what I did was I came back and I said, look, I'll give you the 5000 down, and I will amortize it over 20 with a 10-year balloon. It knocks my payment amount down, but I can cash flow a couple hundred bucks a month. Um, got a little bit of equity, not a whole lot. When I explained it to them that way, they understood it because they have been in the business for a long time. So they accepted the offer, and then I said, okay, now what? Because I don't have $5,000 or a couple of thousand dollars to get it painted. So I started scrambling for money. Um, this was, like I said, this was our first deal. So I didn't really have private lenders in place, went to family, friends, nobody was really interested in doing it. Um, so what I did was I took a loan against my TSP for the $7,000 that I needed. Um, used the money for the down payment and the, re- and the paint uh, on the property. And then I pay myself back, I pay my TSP back uh, each month out of my drill check. So I was able to buy that property. I didn't really have to, I mean, I guess I did come out of pocket because it was my TSP, but nothing out of my, my personal account. Um, and then we immediately rented it out. We've had that property for a couple of years now. It brings in 300 bucks a month and it's probably got twenty five, thirty thousand 30,000 worth of equity in it now. And the nice Quick and thing, easy and-, and Oh, hmm? sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, and they were really happy because they were able to keep that cash flow. They've had that property rented for nineteen years, so they they they're still able to get their cash flow, but they don't have to deal with tenants anymore.
0: Yeah, that's cool. That's cool for sure. So the TSP, a lot of people, you know, I for the for those listening who don't understand, that's the Thrift Savings Plan, it's a military retirement plan. Uh, I think that's cool. So I have this goal, and a lot of my buddies are like, "Well, why are you pumping money into your TSP right now?" If you know, you're investing in real estate and the answer is I have an arbitrary number that I want to reach because you can pull 25 or 50% of your TSP out. And then when you repay it, the interest paid, which is only like one or 2% gets paid back to yourself. So you're paying yourself interest to borrow money. So it's, it's a win, win. You're not going to get anything better than that. Uh, now I understand when you pull money out, you're losing out on compound interest. this that and the other, but the cool thing for me is that, that, you know, 30,000, 40,000, 50,000, whatever you've got in that plan, Counts as reserves. So when you're looking to start buying commercial properties and they say, Hey, I want to see two months worth of reserves. Oh, well, shoot, I don't have an additional $20,000 laying around. Oh, actually, I got 50 in this retirement fund. So yep, it's all right there. Great. Uh, So I think that's cool that you were able to use that because a lot of people don't even think about that.
1: The other really cool thing about TSPs is this, you know, I I think a lot of people don't um, think much about what to do with it after you get out of the military. But when you get out, you can roll that over into a self-directed IRA and then use that self-directed IRA to either purchase properties or loan money to other people to purchase properties with. Um, And you know, we do a lot uh, with private lenders who use their IRA to fund uh, fund our deals. So you know, all that money goes back to them either tax-free or tax-deferred, depending on whether it's a traditional or a Roth. Um, but if it's if it's money that you know they don't need to live on, it's a great deal for the private lenders. And then um, you know, one of the things that I learned actually, we just went to a conference this weekend, a real estate conference, and equity trust companies spoke about IRAs, and I learned a really cool trick that we're gonna we're gonna start using to help build up our our IRA uh, since we're self-employed now. One of the issues that we have is we're not investing money into a 401k or, or, you know, another type of, um, uh, tax deferred account. So I know that one of the big issues that people have with the IRA is that you're limited to the amount of money that you can put in there per year. But a trick that I learned to build it up really quickly is you can use your IRA to uh, wholesale properties with. So when you put a property under contract, you can actually have your IRA write the earnest money check, um, sign the contract in the name of the IRA and then take your assignment feed back into your IRA. So you can literally use a $10 earnest money check to make a five or 10 or $20,000 assignment fee directly into your IRA that's all tax free.
0: That's actually really cool for people who are pretty good at wholesaling. I like that, I'm writing that down.
1: <laughs> so that, that's something we haven't done yet, but I'm planning on um, you know, trying to do uh, a couple of year that way to help build up that IRA uh, account a little bit quicker.
0: Yeah. That's, that's super cool idea. Um, and I do, yeah, I like the idea of rolling. I mean the TSP is nice, so I don't know if I'll ever roll it into a self-directed because I kind of like, I like being able to just leave it alone and know it's there. And I know that if it's self-directed, I'm going to spend it on, you know, I'll never have the money there as a reserve or a backup in case something happens. Cause I'll be like, Ooh, new property. Yep. no pr- New property. <laughs> um, but that is a really cool idea. Uh, So I have a couple questions that I like to ask all my guests, especially active duty guys or reserve guys, military guys who understand, you know, kind of what it is that we go through. And this will be kind of cool for me to hear because I'm intimately familiar with your market. It's funny because I got started in December. Like I bought my first property of December 15th. So we started same time, same town. Uh, I was an active duty recruiter in Springfield up until 2016. So we, uh, who knows, may have crossed paths at some point in that market but uh it'll be interesting to hear kind of some of your answers on this because you know i'm going to be going back there and who knows may end up working in the guard with you although probably not smart enough to be a medic but uh (laughs) um so i like to ask if an e1 e2 was to walk up to you asking for advice you only had a
1: few minutes
0: to give them your best tip what would it be
1: um you were breaking up just a little bit there. Oh. My my internet connection is a little slow. Run that by me one more time.
0: Sorry. I said, uh, if an E1, E2 walked up to you asking for advice, you only had a few minutes to give it to him. What would be your best? Or what would it be?
1: It, it would be get on Google and Google. What is the time value of money? Read everything you can about it, understand it and use that to your advantage uh, while you're young. That means take action, get started now.
0: <laughs> That's funny. I'm, like just send it to my editor an article on the velocity of money and opportunity cost <laughs> because it is huge. I like that. And, you, and you're absolutely right because even if you only invest a hundred bucks, you know, when you're 18 every month and you don't know what you're doing with it, if it's earning some kind of interest, it'll be worth so much more than if you invest double that once you hit 30 or whatever. Right. <laughs> I, I did the math. Not too long ago, because I was kind of an idiot with my TSP, like I had one, but I left it all in the G fund and never earned any interest on any of my money um, and I didn't max it out when I was deployed like a knucklehead, but uh, I did the math, and if I'd done the exact same contribution and just known which fund to put the money in, I would have made eighteen thousand dollars more in my first ten years and you
1: know, that that's really the key is is you know taking advantage of that time the the returns are going to be what they're going to be. Um, but you know, the difference between getting started now or getting started 10 years down the road can be, it can be huge, huge amounts of money.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right. What is one thing that you wish the military had taught you about real estate investing or finances? Now I always preface this that I don't necessarily think it's the military's job to teach you about, you know, finance or real estate, but I think it's a fun question to ask.
1: I think that the military um, could do a better job of explaining uh, the TSP to the soldiers. I, I I was already interested in in investing when I joined the military. So once they offered the TSP to me, I mean, I got on there. I started reading. I learned about the different funds and the G fund and you know the life cycle funds and and I I was pretty active in it. Um, and I tried to do a good job of of telling the young teaching the younger soldiers about it. But I think that the military um, could definitely get better about that. I know that usually it's, you know, these are your benefits. Uh, don't go get high interest credit cards and don't go out and buy a Camaro at 24%. But you can also put some money into this retirement account. And that's really all I know about it. And and they don't go into depth about it. Um, so I think they do a really good job of teaching about predatory lending, but not such a great job about teaching uh, teaching about savings or investments.
0: Seems somewhat typical of the military to focus on what not to do as opposed to what you could do um, not that that's necessarily a bad thing because you know they're helping people avoid the 30 percent interest i think the record here on base when i went through the command financial they said they'd seen a marine get a car with a 32 percent interest payment and or some, yeah, something something insane like that i mean it was enough that i was like no there's no way you know and they're like well you can come we can show you if you want like we took <laughs> screenshots and you know redacted it I believe you, but that's insane. Um,
1: that's huge on a depreciating asset, but I know. you know, honestly, when it comes to appreciating assets in real estate, we pay, we pay crazy returns to our investors uh, at times, especially when they take some type of equity, uh, equity percentage. Um, a lot of times they end up with triple digit returns on our deals. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's huge. Especially if it's not. But I,
1: I, Sorry. Well, and I, I think that knowing the difference between, when you can pay, um, you know, when you can pay those high returns on, on an investment, as opposed to when you need to look at how can I get the lowest interest rate possible when you're buying something like an appreciating asset, like a car. Um, and I think that a lot of soldiers, you know, they just don't have that, and not just soldiers. I mean, I think people in general just don't have that education about uh, good debt versus bad debt and how to structure it.
0: Yeah, or they they just really want the car and they get emotional. So. <laughs> I completely understand I mean I was flipping through Craigslist two months ago or two weeks ago and I bought a car you know in Springfield that I've never seen but uh, that being said it was a, a good buy great mileage you know six years old whatever I knew what I was getting and I had someone test drive it for me but you know I, I just I laugh because I tell people I'm like look if I was able to buy this you know from 4,000 miles away sight unseen You should be able to make a better decision than that when you're like physically able to touch the vehicle and ask questions about it. But it's just, they don't, you're right. They just don't know. So, uh, all right. So what makes the Zach Cram method of investing in real estate unique or successful? Uh,
1: I think, I think the big thing is that we're, we're flexible. You know, we do any type of deal that we can do that makes sense. We'll, we'll do it. Uh, we, we definitely don't, um, just stick to one one specific investing strategy. Uh, we'll look at properties that are really anywhere. If the numbers work, we'll look at any type of deal. If the numbers work, uh, I think we're very good at. Um, and I and I say we because you know this business is not just me. It's it's my wife is my partner as well. So, you know, we we're very good at um, engineering transactions, coming up with a way to make a deal out of something that a lot of people a lot of other people may not have seen uh, as a deal.
0: The creativity goes a long way. This is one of the few professions where, you know, that imagination that you had running wild as a kid may pay you handsomely. <laughs> it's uh, amazing what you can do when you stop thinking the, what's, what's the phrase instead of saying, I can't, you'd say, how can I? And uh, I, it's just huge. There's so many opportunities out there. Definitely. Right on. Right on. All right. So what is one resource book, book course, website, whatever, uh, that you would recommend to anyone looking to get started in real estate investing?
1: So The one that I would recommend, uh, it's probably a little bit different from what most people I think recommend, but I would say Invest in Debt by Jimmy Napier. Um, The book is actually not, it's not about real estate. It's about uh, investing in notes or or discounting notes. Um, With that said, I've never purchased a note, never sold a note, uh, don't know a whole lot about note investing. But what the book does is it gives you a very good understanding of the time value of money and how... um, how changing uh, one variable or a couple variables on a deal, uh, how that affects the bottom line, both initially and over time. So, you know, for me, when I first got started in real estate back in in the early 2000s, the guy that loaned me money for my very first house, he loaned me money out of his self-directed IRA. We found a house. I, it was a pretty minimal rehab. Um, I went to him. I said, you know, I need this much money and I want to do this these repairs. He said, okay, no problem. I'll loan you the money. Um, we'll split the profits. But before we do anything, I want you to go buy a financial calculator and I want you to read this book. I want you to work every example in the book with the financial calculator. And when you get done, call me and I'll loan you the money. At the time, I thought, well, this dude's nuts, but okay, whatever. <laughs> and uh, by the time I got halfway through the book, I realized what, what the point was. And that book has completely changed the way that I look at, uh, at money in general.
0: I'm going to have to read that because I, I'm very intrigued by the idea, and I'm sure it sounds like this kind of goes into that, that basically ways you can frame an offer to sound much more attractive based on what the other person needs. So if they need money up front, then you can say, hey, here's a down payment and we'll do a small payment later, or you can just tweak all kinds of stuff. And you can even – that that's how you can get away with saying, you know, hey, if I hold this for 30 years – My total payment to you will be 100,000 more than you're asking for the property, but I'm only going to pay you this much at closing and then it'll be over that time. And then if you, you know, if you refinance out or whatever. Um, So that sounds like a very intriguing book. I'm going to have to go read that.
1: So that that brings up a good point. And, and you know, one of the things that we like to do is uh, when we make offers, a lot of times we'll make two offers or or sometimes even three offers. If a property, especially if a property is paid for, if I know that they don't have a mortgage on it, um, almost always I'll ask them, what do you want for the property? And uh, whatever price they say, I I will offer them that price. Uh, And the way that I'll do that, if if they say, hey, I want $100,000 for the property, no problem, I'll give you $100,000 divided in equal payments over 20 years. Or if you want cash, I can give you cash, we can close in seven days at 65 grand or whatever whatever my offer is. Um, That does two things, one is, it, it takes the sting out of my low offer, uh, out of my cash offer um, and kind of bring, lets their guard down. But two is, uh, you know, a lot of times these guys, they say, well, if, you know, if you'll give me what I'm asking, um, you know, I'll be more than happy to take those payments. Well, that allows me to buy properties with no money down and no interest. Um, and, you know, with, with a property like that, even though I'm paying full price, if I can rent that property out, every bit of the rental income that comes in goes to pay down the principal. So it's all equity capture. Awesome.
0: And you're right. Yeah, I actually do the same thing. I'll do two or three offers. It got to a point where, uh, you know, because I'm not in Missouri, so I have to use an agent for now. Um, but it got to the point where my realtor is like, I'm just going to like call people and say, this is what we're doing. Are you cool with that? Before I ever write an offer for you? I was like, yeah, yeah, I don't care. Whatever. You can do that in Missouri. You can't do that in a hot market like out here. Um, but you can just call and say, Hey, look, he's thinking he'll offer you full price cash, 75%, you know, with at this price or or 65% if you do this or or whatever, right? You can structure it however you want and you just pick up the phone call and they can laugh at you. And then you're like, Oh, okay. All right, well, we'll move on. Or they, you know, yes. And they offer over. Um, and I I really like that. It's cool. All right. Uh, before we wrap this up, any parting ideas, any big ideas, something that we missed that you'd like to touch on?
1: No, I guess, I guess the biggest thing that I would say is, you know, one, just take action now with, if, if you're, if you're somebody who's considering getting started in real estate or, or any type of investing, you know, getting started now, um, allows you to take advantage of that time value of money and, and, get something going. And then the other part of that is um, be be open to different ways to structure deals. You know, there's a bunch of different ways to structure deals and um, knowing all of the different, all your different options a lot of times will allow you to see a deal that you may have otherwise passed up or thought wasn't a deal initially. Absolutely. Awesome.
0: Well, Zach, uh, you know, I know you got like seven websites, but if somebody wanted to reach out to you uh, to get in touch, where would be the best place for them to do that? And I'll link it in the show So name. the
1: sync. Sing- so the single best place to get us is on Facebook. Uh so our Facebook page is uh it's facebook.com slash Springfield Property Solutions MO. Um and then of course we got a bunch of other websites that they can go to from there. Property solutions.
0: All oh, right, cool. I'll make sure I link to that down below. So Awesome well, hey Zach, I really appreciate you joining me today and uh, I, I this this was fun for me because it's you know I mean we could probably talk offline forever about the actual market because <laughs> I don't run into a whole lot of people that invest in our area, and I usually try not to tell people where I invest because I don't want to run into too many people that invest in our area um, but it's it's been fun because you know I know your market, I know your numbers, and it's cool to hear how you're getting these deals because i I see them flash up
1: in my email and I'm like, ooh so <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, hey, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely, brother. Have a good one. You too. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to another episode about my journey from military to millionaire. If you liked it, be sure to visit from military millionaire dot com slash podcast to subscribe to future podcasts. While you're there, we'd love for you to rate the show. Give us a review on iTunes. Now get out there and take action.